So today I want to talk about a caring community. We're finally getting to meet now, and I'm going to be talking with the deacons and the trustees after this to see what we do going forward. But one of the things that I have missed, and probably you have missed, is community. And when I look around today and see a lot of you here, it's good to be reminded that we are a community, right? I think think it's important. Um, Anyway, a caring community. A little bit about the background. Uh, Third John is the second shortest epistle in the New Testament. Does anybody know the first? Actually, Third John's the second shortest. You know the, you know the shortest epistle in the New Testament. Second John, Second John's thirteen verses. So uh, it comes in two verses under this. The authorship is John the Elder. At this point in his ministry, he was the lone survivor of the apostles. And when you think about it, um, that's a little sad. He is now the last. He even identifies himself as elder, which we could see that as overseer. We'll get into that in a minute. But it can also refer to his age. So John is older now. And all of his friends and Jesus and the disciples and the, the original uh, leaders of the church are now gone. It's just him. And in some sense, it would. Uh, John was maybe hoping when he wrote Revelations that as long as he's up there, Jesus would probably let him stay. Uh, anyway, the date. Some scholars put this early. I put this rather late. Um, for those of you that uh, have your smartphones, you see I've written there 80 to 81 A.D. or later since this was obviously written later in life, maybe as late as 92 A.D. Uh, it just depends on, on your view of when, uh, when Revelation was written. The purpose in these 15 verses was simply to encourage Gaius. Gaius was obviously a, a leader of some form in the church, and uh, John just wanted to write to encourage him. There are three key players in this short epistle. We won't go through all of this today. But Gaius, who was a faithful servant. Diotrephes, who is mentioned in verse 9, was obviously uh, a troublemaker in the, in the church, and he wanted to address that. And then there was Demetrius, a godly servant. So three main players. And what we learn here today in verse 1 is simply to love one another. To love one another. And you'll notice in verse 1, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Elder, presbuterios, and that can refer to an older person, and it can also refer to the sense of authority. We might say presbyter. Um, But the fact is, John was elderly. And he was a leader in the church, so I would say you could use both of those terms to identify the Apostle John. And again, you know, I, 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 I thought about my own life, and uh, I, I keep abreast of uh, people that, when I went to Bible college years ago, uh, there were, I don't know, 35 or 40 of us that, that graduated 
very few of those people that I graduated are even in ministry today. Uh, you know, I, so I kind of identify with, with, with John here. Some of them may have, may have moved on to become director of missions. Some went into other fields. But um, I'm not seeing a lot of the people that I graduated with that are still pastoring. And so uh, there's, a, there's a sense of loss when, when, when I think about that because, you know, when we were in Bible college, we were excited, we were on fire, we were ready to, to do ministry. And then, of course, later now, 30 years after the fact, um, I, I look at it and I go, wow, there's, there's not many of us still doing this. So, so I, I connected with John in that sense. But then he writes this to his beloved Gaius. Um, it was a common name back then, like John, Sally, Bill. But uh, he says, and, and a lot of scholars spend a lot of ink on this. There's three Gaiuses mentioned in the New Testament. One is in 1 Corinthians uh, 1.14. That's uh, Gaius of Corinth. Then there's Gaius of Macedonia in Acts 19.29. And then there's Gaius of Derby in Acts 24, 20 verse 4. If I had to guess at one of these, I would probably go at the last. Uh, but that's simply a guess. So there's only three times this name, and you think, well, it's a familiar name. Why is it only mentioned three, three times? Well, it's just, just the way that it was. And it, it is possible. One, one scholar said that this could be the same Gaius that moved from location to location. Is that, that guess is as good as any. But the fact is, John was writing to encourage him. He loved him. And he says, whom I love in the truth. And that word beloved is an affectionate term. You know, as, as, as Southern Baptists uh, in our church, we call each other brothers and sisters. That's because we're part of the family of God. And uh, we need to be more affectionate with one another. We need to tell each other um, how much we mean to each other, particularly in this day and age when uh, it's so easy to have online community. And I, and I get it. For those that did not come out here today, I want you to stay safe. Um, but when we're together as a community, we need to celebrate our love for one another. We all have Jesus Christ in, in common. He is our Lord and Savior. And because we're under the umbrella of, of Jesus Christ, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And in some cases, our Christian family is more loving than our geological family or our biological family, right? We, we've seen that. Uh, and so John here is simply letting him know, look, I love you. I love you in the truth, aletheia. Uh, the truth is very broad here. But in other times when aletheia is used in the New Testament, it is a reference to the gospel. So you could say it this way. I love you in the gospel because the gospel in and of itself is the truth. When Jesus was here, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So telling him, I love you in the truth. I love you in the gospel. It's something that we have in common, something that we share. We sang earlier, uh, you know, about the Lord, and that's something that we have in, in common. I like what uh, Daniel Aiken wrote in commentary. Love does not function as some disconnected emotion with no substance or content. 
I want you to think about that statement for a minute. Love does not function as a disconnected emotion. True love has emotion. Is shared. It is visible. It is shown. Uh, when you hug one another in church and when you uh, maybe write a letter. I, one of the people here today said that they, they had been receiving cards and, and, and notes. That is an expression of love and concern for one another. Then he goes on to he goes on to say this, Daniel Atkins does, without truth it will transfer into mere sentimentality. Love and truth are necessary companions. They go together, they work together, they must stay together. Love and truth, that is the gospel and love. They are inseparable. If you've been watching on Wednesday nights, you've, you've seen that I've kind of gone through showing that love is the bedrock of the Christian faith, but the faith is anchored in truth. And so what Paul or what John is writing here is simply the fact that I, I want you to know that I love you. And that love is based on a sincere truth of the gospel. In fact, Jesus himself said that we're to love one another. Right? That's what he said, that we're to love one another. Uh, for those of you out here that can't see this, I've got a picture of people hugging in church. I look forward to the day when we can hug each other instead of fake fist pump or, or do one of these. Uh, I think that that's important. Uh, years ago, somebody said we shouldn't be hugging in church. Well, back in the ancient church, they used to kiss each other. I know that's kind of far out for us, but uh, there's nothing wrong with showing affections for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Sometimes we do need a hug. Sometimes we do need a hug, and we need support from our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what I like about our church. Our church is a very affectionate church. I think that each one of you genuinely love each other, that you genuinely care for one another. And as your pastor, I want to encourage you to keep doing that. And particularly, particularly in the culture in which we live, our culture has become more violent, more angry, more divisive, than any time that I can remember in my life. The church, us, right here, we should be the beacon that the world can look to and say, wait a minute, we're missing out on this. This is not how we're living. And maybe the church can have some influence. Secondly, this might shock you when I say this. It's in verse 2. Pray for a good life for others. Somebody say, well, you... That's not really what you're supposed to pray for, Pastor. You're supposed to pray for, well, I didn't say that. John did. But he's, he's basically saying here, I'm going to pray that you have a good life. And again, notice that word beloved. It's, it's, it's an affectionate term. So you can see John just maybe writing this, smiling, thinking about uh, Gaius, and, 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 and thinking about, um, I, need to, I need to encourage him. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Yukomai is the word for pray. I pray. Yukomai. You know what that word means? To talk to God. That's all prayer is. It is simply talking to God. Um, 
and and I've said this bef- I've said this before. You don't need to bow your head, although that's fine. You don't need to close your eyes when you talk to God. You can talk to God uh, anywhere. One thing I uh, maybe would like us to do as a church this summer is maybe just do some prayer walking around our community and praying to God out loud as we walk. Lord, help our church, help us to, to grow and help us to be more evangelistic. It's simply talking to God. Listen, we do not have a God that is distant from us. I know many of us think that God is so far removed from us that he can't possibly hear us. Why would God possibly want to listen to little old me? Well, that's because you have the Holy Spirit living in you and you have access to God at all times, 24 hours a day. You don't need to, you don't need to be at home bowing your head, closing your eyes, although that's fine. You can do, you can do talk to God anywhere. Uh, somebody posted, uh, posted earlier this week about, uh, had a, uh, a cell phone like this and it, and it showed God calling. That's really, you just talk to God. It's simple. You just say, Lord, this is how I'm feeling today. Lord, this is, this is what I need in my life. And John simply saying, I'm talking to God about you. Not in a bad way, but in a good way. He says, this, this is what I'm talking to God about. I am talking to God about the fact that it may go well with you and that you may be in good health and, as it go, and also as it goes with your soul. Three things, three areas of prayer that Paul, or that John, I keep saying Paul because I preach from Paul a lot, so uh, John has for Gaius. The first is it may go well. Uado, uado, to go well. This might shock you, and I don't want to make it sound like a, a charismatic movement, but that the person may be successful. There is nothing at all wrong with praying that our brothers and sisters be successful. Now, I can be successful on anything. Maybe uh, those of you here that have your own personal business, pray that it becomes successful. Or in any endeavor in life, you're, you're going to school, pray that they may have success at school. Or pray... Uh, that they may do their ministries well, whatever it is. He's simply saying here, I want to pray that whatever you do, whatever event or whatever task that you have, I want to pray that you may find success. Nothing at all wrong with that. Now, we can go to the other extreme, and I know some of these televangelists, they, they live in mansions, they have gold toilets, they have gold sinks. It, it is ridiculous. That's not the success that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the success of doing what you, what you know to do as you are doing it for the Lord. And I think that's, there's nothing wrong with praying that our brothers and sisters be successful. Secondly, and this, I think, in second place, I, I think successful may be last in my mind. Uh, good health is vital. Who uh, CNO? Husiano. And that word refers to physical health. Um, you can do ministry. And you can do it when you're in poor health. Those are, those are tough times. 
to, to do something when you are physically sick or physically unable, those are difficult times. I had a, a friend, a pastor friend of mine that, that preached, and he was struggling with some issues going on uh, inside of him, physically. And he said, it's just so hard to do it. But he did it. And he did it because God had called him to do it. So, you know what? Many of us have a lot of physical ailments. We can pray for each other that those physical ailments are healed. Nothing wrong with that. Pray that God would heal those who are sick. Because it, it really is. Doesn't it, doesn't it color life when you're just not feeling well? Life has a different view to it when you're in pain. And, and there's been times in my life, and I'm sure times in your life, when, when, when you've gone through difficult problems, of di difficult physical problems, and life just is not fun. And, and what John is praying here is that Gaius would have physical health, good health. So pray, pray for that. And then the most important, I think, here, it's a rare time, he says, may go well with your soul. Soul is suke. That's the Greek word, suke, and it means inner spiritual health. One of my favorite uh, theologians is a German man named Lehman Strauss. He wrote this, We may deduce from these verses that sound physical health does not always accompany sound spiritual health. The church is beset with many and varied dangers from without. But none are, are so damaging as the spiritually sick saint within. You can have physical, be in bad physical health, but I think it's worth the, worse to be in bad spiritual health. So what he's saying here is, look, I'm going to pray that you be successful. I'm going to pray that God will keep your body strong so that you can do ministry. And I'm going to pray that you just continue. Your soul is continually nurtured. Uh, and that you are growing deeper day by day in the Lord. And I think that's a good prayer for all of us. This, this would be my challenge. Um, if, if you don't have a directory, a church directory, this, this is what I would encourage you to do. Go to our website, www.fbct.net. Download, over in the download section, it says members section. Click that link. And down, and it says directories, hit directories, download it, and you'll see the names of everybody in our church. This is what I want to challenge you to do this week. Pick three people, three families from that list, and I just want you to pray that. Pray for success in whatever they're doing or what en endeavors they're, they're taking. I want you to pray that they're, if it's a young family, pray that they're their, their kids stay healthy, that their parents stay healthy. Pray for a, a physical healing for those that are sick, for those that are going through difficulties. And then lastly, pray that they continue to grow in the faith, that, that their soul is strengthened. I, I think it's so important. We, you know what we'd be doing? We'd be doing what John did for Gaius right here. Just go to the website, click, click the link, Make those make those prayers. I have a picture here of a man in the middle and the churches around him praying. 
Do you know what's going to change our community? Prayer. You know what's going to change our church? Prayer. You know what's going to change our nation? Prayer. You know what's going to change violence to victory? Prayer. You know what's going to change everything in this world is prayer. Because somehow, some way, God responds to prayer. And when we're praying together, this picture here is a beautiful picture of people laying their hands on this man's head and they're praying for him. That's what we need to be about, church. We need to be about praying. Beautiful picture here. Beloved, I pray that it may go well with you, that you may be in good health as it goes with your soul as well. Number three, and lastly, Newt Newt Larson, really good friend of mine, told me several years ago, he said, Pastor, you need to celebrate everything. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. You know what I celebrate today? All of us being here. Amen? All of us being here. Celebrate the fact that we have so many here today. And hopefully those of you in the car, you're not getting burned up listening to it. But um, we need to celebrate spiritual success. That's the third point. For I rejoice greatly, listen to what John writes here. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth. Not that Gaius had any truth within and of himself, because it's the same word aletheia that is used here, which is a direct reference to the gospel. I rejoiced, hiero, a state of well-being. So think of it this way. John is celebrating Gaius, celebrating the fact that he is doing well and obviously was doing well, and it lifted the spirits of John. He rejoiced. It was so wonderful to him to see somebody doing well. It lifted his spirits. That is so important. You know, just sending a sending a card letting somebody know that they're praying for them and then that person reciprocating and sending a card back letting them know wow that meant so much it lifts spirits we live in a day when we need our spirits lifted and we can do that by uh getting outside of ourselves and by ministering to people sharing things and john says here for i rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth So apparently, people had come to John and said, hey, you know what's going on with Gaius? It's amazing. Here's, here's, here's a little thought. What would people say about us to the Apostle John? I think that's a fair question. Colin Cruz, in his commentary, Letters to John, wrote this. The evidence that Gaius's soul is getting along well is that he remains faithful to the truth and continues to walk in the truth. This is a great point. The elder seems to be emphasizing because you are walking in the aletheia, in the gospel. 
the elders thing here that Gaius faithfulness involves not only holding to correct doctrine but also persisting in correct action so in other words it wasn't just that Gaius had the right doctrine but he was living that doctrine for a world it wasn't just that I believe this, but I'm going to do this. This is what made John so joyful. He was like, wow, somebody living for Christ, the way that they, the seed that was planted in them, living the gospel out before a world. That's why he was so excited. Because we know that in a day where there's so many not living, even today, maybe back then, it was just so gratifying to John who had seen so many things think about who's writing this he had seen so many things so many of his friends had died for standing for the truth Paul was beheaded many of the disciples were cruelly treated yet they stood and they walked and they and 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 they made a stand for the gospel and so of course John is going to celebrate Gaius's success he's going to pray that he continues he's going to uh, pray that 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 whatever he touches will result in the Aletheia leaving him and going to somebody else by form of the gospel wow I think this is what it boils down to. I have two, I have a picture here. It's on a highway. And there's two directional signs. The one on the left is an exit sign and it says God's way. The one on the right is no exit and that's my way. You do have a choice. We have a choice. We can choose to live for Christ. And that means sometimes the tough things. Or we can simply choose to do it our way. Let me offer to you Gaius as an example of somebody who we should model. And by the way, some of the stuff that we've talked about here this morning about praying for success, praying for physical health, praying for uh, spiritual health. I want us to do that this week. I want us to try to do that this week. Reach, reach out to somebody. Let them know that you're praying for them. Talk to God a lot this week. It's easy to forget with deadlines. And some of you are, have kids at home. There's schools been out for months. And I know it gets difficult, but you need to find time when you can just talk to God and say, God, this is what's going on in my life. Lord, you know, I'm struggling in this area. Uh, Lord, I need help in this area. You know, I just happen to believe that if we pray for one another, it'll make a huge difference. Just getting a card. Don't, don't you feel it when you get a card from somebody? Just to know, wow, I'm not flaggling here in the sea of despair by myself. Somebody is with me.